This is a podcast where you don't have to be perfect. You can be happy. Make your day count. Encouraging, uplifting, full of joy. You're worth more than you think. This is Entirely Unconventional, and I'm Lindsay Roberts. I pray for something miraculous to happen to you today. Hi, everybody. I'm Lindsay Roberts. Welcome to Entirely Unconventional, where I like to take a look at the Bible, compare it to things in the natural, and see how unconventionally we can turn to God, we can rely on God, we can get God's Word in our heart, and we can walk out God's Word. And it doesn't mean that we have to be the great theologian, although I wish I was a great theologian. I'm not. But I do believe that we can take the essence of the Bible, as my father-in-law, Oral Roberts, used to call it, the sweep of the Bible, and apply it to everyday life. So today I want to talk about changing the lens of your heart. What happens when you change the lens of your glasses? Or you change the lens of a camera. Things change. You know, if you have the wrong lens on your glasses, things become distorted. And if we have the wrong lens on our heart, things can be distorted and we don't even realize it. We don't even recognize it. But I want to talk about changing the lens of your heart. Why? That was me drinking a sip of coffee. I want to change the lens of your heart so that... No matter what we are going through, good times, bad times, happy times, sad times, up, down, anywhere in between, as we change the lens of our heart to an attitude of gratitude and we remain with a grateful heart, I believe that that is like a magnet attracting the heart of God. I believe when we whine and gripe and complain and grumble and murmur, there are lots of scriptures I can give you about that. You're welcome to look them up for yourself if you want to, but I look at it this way. I have three daughters. They're grown now. But you know, there is a difference between a daughter that will come in and say, thank you, mom, and a daughter that will come in and say, my day will never be better It's rotten, and it's going to stay rotten. Well, it's not that I love them any differently, but perhaps I think for their own success, if we can tweak that angst or tweak that um, pain or we can tweak that situation to an attitude of gratitude, I believe they will have a better outcome for success. But you may say, you know what, I'm grateful for my pain or my angst. No, The Bible doesn't say that we are to give God thanks for all situations. It says we're to give God thanks in all situation. In the midst of any situation that we're facing, if we give God praise, if we give God thanks, now they're obviously two different things. We can praise God because he's God. We can praise God in the middle of a situation. And we can thank God because we have a heart full of gratitude. I believe with my whole soul that an attitude of gratitude is contagious in a good way and that whining, griping, grumbling, and complaining is not necessarily the gifts and qualities that people are running to saying, can I spend more time with you because you're such a whiner, a griper, a complainer? You know, we see in the news 
People who respond in different ways. People who respond by murmuring and complaining and always poor me, poor me, poor me. Yeah, it's out there. Have I done it? Absolutely. But do I find it the most attractive kind of people to be around? No, half the time I do it. I don't want to be around myself. So I want to have you consider having a grateful heart even in tough times. How can you have a grateful heart even in tough times? Well, I believe the answer is by changing the lens of your heart. I always say what you focus on will develop. What you focus on will manifest. If you look at those fun little old Instamatic cameras that have kind of made their way back around full circle and, and now they're so expensive, it's really cool. And they come in colors and they come in bright pink and they have little you know, wristbands on them and you can carry them all around and then tiny little pictures pop out. Well, when you look at it, whatever pops out of that Instamatic camera is whatever the lens was focused on. Now, you may focus on a tree and really hope a bird pops out. But if you're focusing on a tree, a tree is going to pop out. What you focus on will develop. So if we focus on the problem, the problem is almost always developing itself. Why do we have to give it any glory? But I want to give you three words, A-C-E. To me, keeping a grateful heart, changing the lens of your heart, is as simple to me as A-C-E, acknowledge, change, empower. A-C-E, keep the word A-C-E in your mind. You know, if you're playing, um, I don't even know what games to pick because I don't know that much about them. But if you're playing a card game where it goes 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, Jack, Queen, King, Ace, and the Ace is the high card, you always strive to the high card why? Because it becomes powerful. It becomes authoritative. That high card can change the outcome of the game. The high card is a game changer. And I want you to use these acronyms, A-C-E, Acknowledge, Change, and Empower, as an acronym for keeping a grateful heart even in hard times. So what I want to do is use that word ACE, A-C-E, as an acronym, Acknowledge, Change, and Empower, to change the lens of your heart. Acknowledge. Very simple. The Bible is very clear about not being an ostrich with your head in the sand, not calling things that are as though they aren't. You know, the Bible talks about calling things that are not as though they are, and that's a whole nother podcast in itself. But if you want to talk about acknowledging what's in your heart, Proverbs 29 says, 29.18, actually, where, the, where there's no vision, the people perish. I'm not saying be an ostrich with your head in the sand and you stick your head in the sand and you don't see what's going on. Listen, all you have to do is turn on the news. You see what's going on. All you have to do is drive down the street and you can see sometimes the attitude of people. My goodness sake, if I want to go the speed limit or even slightly under it, sometimes I think people could actually hurt me. They pass me. The other day I was on this little tiny two-lane street, double yellow line, no passing, and honestly the speed limit was 25. It really was 25. Well, I think I was going right at 24 or 25 because I in this particular street because I don't want to speed. I, I um, put that cruise control thing on. 
I got passed by a car that had to been going, I'm going to say 45 to 50 miles an hour. And I thought, wow, my first thought, first thought, well, now that was dangerous. But then they hand gestured me and said bad words. And I thought, wow, that was vicious. Now I'm going the speed limit. They're breaking the law. They said exceptionally unacceptable and unkind words. At least that's what, if I could read lips, I was pretty sure that's what they were saying. And the hand gesture, you don't have to be a rocket science to, a scientist to understand what they were saying. They were, they were deeply offended that I was going the speed limit. All right, what do you do in that situation? I have this word, shake it off, that we have an opportunity to let it become embedded in our soul or shake it off. There will always be times when you have the opportunity to be ungrateful, to be unkind, to retaliate, to turn around and fight fire with fire, so to speak. Or, you know, if, if he does something evil, I'm going to do something more evil. Or even in the midst of hard times, tough times, difficult situations, even, you know, in all honesty, unfair situations. We can use what I call ACE, acknowledge, change, and empower, to keep the lens of our heart focused on the things of God. Proverbs 29, 18, where there's no vision, the people perish. What are you looking at? <coughs> Pardon me. What are you focusing on? I mean, seriously, if you're looking at the doom and gloom and devastation and destruction, wow, can you feed that monster? That beast is out there. And if you want to, if you want to watch it grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger, all you have to do is turn on the news or turn on this or turn on that. It's out there and it can explode in an instant. But if we keep the vision in front of us, the vision of God, what does God want us to do? What does God want us to say? Who does God think I am? What does God want me to be? What does God want me to do? How can God use me today? And as I allow myself to be put in a position to be in the hands of God as God chooses for my day, then I also put myself in a position for the blessing of God. And frankly, I do not want anything to disrupt that. Not some driver that thinks I ought to break all the laws, break all the speed limit. And frankly, he's the only human soul on the road that deserves to break the law and speed. I choose to let that out of my spirit and say, I did say this, Lord, protect him and the people around him. Lord, I'm asking you to enlighten him to the dangers of the way he was driving. And Lord, I really do ask for angels to be encamped around other people on the street because my kids drive on that very same street. And, you know, you could just sit there and whine and gripe about the driver, or you could say, Father God, I send angels into this situation to guide, guard, and protect every person involved. So we can look through one lens, or we can change the lens, and we can say, I am so grateful that, first of all, he didn't harm me in or my car, and second of all, I'm grateful that God has angels that we can dispatch in our behalf. Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes from which cometh my help. Now think about this. I can acknowledge where I'm at, but I will lift up my eyes for which comes my health help, H-E-L-P. It doesn't mean my help has already come. It means there's something out there and, oh, it means it's time for me to do the podcast. Woo, if I'd listened to that, I'd been late, wouldn't I? But it's time to lift up our eyes 
Look to the help up above. Look to God. Empower ourselves by looking to God, asking God, what does he have for our life? What would he like me to do? How would he like me to behave? And how would he like to reward me? The guy on the street wasn't going to be my reward. Actually, he wanted to ruin my day. I didn't let him because I changed the lens of my heart. And I can lift up my eyes from which will come my help. It doesn't mean that I've exhausted every miracle God has, but if I want my future to be bright, my future to be rosy, then I also have to formulate that future by believing my help comes from God. Ephesians 1.18, here's a whopper. Let the eyes, the lens, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. I can say the eyes of my understanding are such know-it-all that I don't need the Bible and I don't have to read. Oh, I've read that verse before. What is that verse? I've memorized that verse. What has it got to do with me? Or I can say, Lord, maybe I don't understand everything about this situation and I might be very frustrated with it. But Lord, would you let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened so I know what to do? Not so I just can assess the situation. Hey, in this case, I could assess the situation real fast. I know what that driver thought of me. But instead, would you let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened? Let me understand what I need to do on my job or my family or at school or in my finances so that as I get understanding and as I'm enlightened, I can turn around and pass that on to somebody else. So A is acknowledge. Acknowledge where you want to be, not where you are. I can focus on where I'm at. I can focus on loss. I can focus on pain. I can even focus on the past or the hurt or the whatever. But I'd like to focus changing the lens of my heart to focus on where I want to be. Habakkuk 2.2, we know that one to be to be powerful, write the vision down, make it plain. I want to write the vision for my future, for my family, for my finances down. Am I lying? I might be calling things that are not yet as though they are, and I might not have it yet, but I can go to the scripture and say, Lord, is this in harmony with your will and your word? Is healing in harmony? Is healing of my finances or my family or my situation in harmony with your word and your will. And if it is, then I have a Bible right to acknowledge where I want to be. So I have a vision and not perish. So I can lift up my eyes from which comes my help. So the eyes of my understanding can become enlightened. So I can write the vision down and make it plain so that I can do what God's called me to do and be what God's called me to be. So number one, acknowledge where you want to be, not where you've been, where you are, the stuck in the rut. I have so many ruts that I could be stuck in, even right now, but I'd rather look to the hills for which comes my help and get the eyes of my understanding to be enlightened and move forward, not just for myself, but for the people around me. Number two, once you can see that God has a future for you, you know, he said, I know the plans I have for you. They are for your good and not for evil. Once you acknowledge what God has for you, number two is, okay, get ready. It is changing the lens of your heart with the word of God. 
Here's a tricky one. They say, I, I read this, I think it was from Yale University, and, this, and the study was how many words people speak. And women were something like um, about three times more than men. I think they were over 20,000 words, and men use about 7,000 words per day. And, you know, now things are completely changing, but it was a while ago when I read it. But the truth is I can use my words as a weapon. I can use my words to self-destruct. I can use my words to formulate good. I can spray my words into the atmosphere and watch the atmosphere change. I can watch it go from pretty nice to, Lindsay, you just ruined that atmosphere. Or I can begin to say, praise the Lord. I can begin to build someone else up. I can even begin to build myself up. But I have to make a quality decision to change the lens of my heart on the inside by hiding God's word in my heart. Psalm 119.11, hide God's word in your heart. Proverbs 23.7, okay, here we go. As a man thinketh in his own heart, so he becomes. Wow and wow, is that a self-fulfilling prophecy or what? Luke 6.41, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what you hide in your heart affects what you think, then it has a, has a gauge on what you speak, and then what's the next scripture? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it eat the fruit thereof. If you want to continue to speak the negative, don't be shocked if by some weird coincidence, negative is what comes back. If you want to see the word of God become alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, that's spiritually speaking, then begin to speak the word. God said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Jesus spoke the word. And in Mark eleven twenty three and 24, have faith in God. I think I'm just going to pop it off my head. Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but shall believe the things he says, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Okay, so that's a lot of say, 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 says in just one verse of one scripture. And as we think, just just kind of become consciously aware of the word self-fulfilling prophecy. What are you saying even over your kids, over yourself, over your family, over your friends, over your job, over your finances? Oh my gracious goodness. If we became self-fulfilling prophecy over all the words that come out of our mouth, I would have to ask God for a crop failure every day because some of the things I say, I don't want to spring up into a harvest. I have to watch my words carefully. Can I do it perfectly every day? Absolutely, positively not. I'm a human being. I have what I call the human factor. The only perfect one that walked the earth was Jesus. And they crucified him at 33. So I'm not in that category. But I, with my human factor, can still believe God, trust God, and get the word of God. Faith comes by hearing what? The word of God. As I hide God's word in my heart, Psalm 1911. And then as a person thinks, so he becomes, Proverbs 23, 7, Luke 6, 45, out of the abundance of my own heart, whatever word I've hidden in my heart, it'll come to pass. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if I want to be that self-fulfilling prophecy, I have to be accountable to change the lens of my heart 
by hiding God's word in my heart, by watching what lens I focus on to hide in my heart. And then once you've gone from acknowledging not just where you are, but really acknowledging where you want to be. Number two, once you realize that you've got to hide God's word in your heart, if you want to see God's word fulfilled, hide it in your heart, speak it out of your mouth, and then walk it out in your daily life. And third, empower. A-C-E. Acknowledge, change, and E is empower. Acts 1-8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be a witness. Now, you may be a witness for evil. You may be a witness for, um, let's just say, selfish behavior. You may be a witness for meanness. You may be a witness for cruel. You may be a witness for kindness. But it says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be a witness. What are you bearing witness to? Well, I deserve this because the guy was a jerk. Well, I know lots of jerks, and sometimes I might have been the jerk. Okay, the point is to empower. The best way to empower, as God spoke in his word, power, love, and a sound mind. To me, the best way to empower, to be a witness for the kingdom of God, is not circumstantial. It's not speculative. It is calling on the Holy Spirit. When Jesus went to the cross, he was talking to his disciples and he said, before now you've asked nothing in my name, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Then he said a lot of other things, but he said one of the most important things when I, in my own mind, this is Lindsay's vision, if I could write a script on this, I would see the disciples seeing the handwriting on the wall, knowing that Jesus was going to be crucified and freaking out out and saying, oh, what are we going to do when you leave? They'll probably kill us too. And then the gospel is over with and Christianity is done. Jesus said, no, there is a Trinity, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. I don't understand that. Okay. Let me give it to you like ice, water, and steam. Water is H2O. What is that? Hydrogen and oxygen. Okay. So if you have water as H2O, when it is at room temperature, it's liquid. And you can drink it. Woo, hallelujah. But when you need ice cubes, what do you do? You freeze it. It's still water. It's just expressing itself in a different form according to what you have need of. And then you heat it and it becomes steam. It boils. Why? Because that may be what you have need of at the time. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Father God, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, are the Trinity three different expressions of the spirit of the living God. But it all depends on what you need at the moment. God the Father is El Elyon, the most high God, the one who delivers us from all our enemies. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. He went to the cross for our healing and for our salvation. But then he said, here comes the third part. I won't leave you comfortless. He said, I'll, dis- I'll send you the divine paraclete, The Holy Spirit, the one called alongside to help you that can be with you and even in you, that as you begin to pray in the Spirit, as you pray out the will of God, as you pray according to the word of the Father, that gives you a power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Acts 1.8. So I believe that we can acknowledge 
that we have a hope and a future. We can change the lens of our heart, A, C, and E. We can be empowered with the power of the Holy Spirit to change our situations and even to pass it on and change other people's situations for good. So I want you to remember A-C-E, acknowledge, change, and empower. Changing the lens of your heart by keeping a grateful heart at all times. Acknowledge the fact that you have a hope in the future. Change the lens of your heart by filling your heart with the word of God and empowering yourself with the word of the living God and by the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, I happen to believe that things will take a turn in your behalf. So I pray for you now. I pray for you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, for you to be empowered to acknowledge your future, to change the lens of your heart and fill it with the word of God and to empower you with the presence of the Holy Spirit so you are empowered to prosper and be God's witness. And I pray that in every area of your life, spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, in your family, in every walk of life, I pray for you to be healed whole and well. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, from time to time, many of the podcasts that I do come out of questions that I have been given. People have, you know, written in, texted in, or, you know, even emailed, whatever they do, however you direct message. But but questions that I have been asked, and then out of that, I like to formulate podcasts that I believe will kind of go along with some of the questions that I've been asked. This one says, is it okay to distance yourself from complainers? Or is that not very Christ-like? I want to show God's love, but they honestly wear me out. Um, I know people that wear me out as well. So um, I'm this way. I'll be very careful when I say this. If God has called me to be around people that he wants me to influence and he wants me to speak to, then I also believe that he can give me a grace for that season. I have no problem with being around people that God has called me to be around, even if they're whiners, complainers, naysayers, even if they're completely against me or the ministry or something that I'm doing. I do believe that God gives us a grace for that. Now I'm going to jump to the part that said, I want to show God's love, but they wear me out. We can show God's love without being a doormat. You know, I used to be accused of being a doormat a lot that I would, you know, basically sit down, let people walk all over me until one day Richard said, Lindsay, if you're going to be a doormat, don't be surprised when you get walked on. Well, it doesn't mean I have to let people walk on me, walk all over me, or honestly, literally drain the life out of me, the stuffing out of me, the spirit out of me. If I'm around certain people, I can think of them when I close my eyes right now, I can see them, that actually try to pull me down into, I'm going to say this carefully, their negativity. Now, I've been around a lot of negative people, and, and I still am around them, and you know what? Sometimes they influence me, sometimes they don't. But the most important thing is to guard your heart, the Bible said. Not necessarily the room, the circumstance, the car you're in, or the people you work with on your job. But I believe if you guard your heart, God will direct you, you know, distance yourself. Or God will direct you, go ahead and be an influence to that person face-to-face. -face. But here's the important thing. 
I want to show God's love. All right. I believe we can show God's love in any situation, even if it's from a distance, even if you say, bless your heart and walk out of the room, even if you sit with them for five minutes or five years, whatever it is that God is directing you. See, that's the part three in power, Acts 1-8, you shall uh, receive power. To me, that's also power to make a good quality decision. Remember, David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue or shall I retreat? Shall I go forward? Shall I go backwards? And I think when we look at that, God will give us answers when our heart is right. He'll say, go forward, go backwards, go out of the room, stay in the room. God can empower us to be his witness. But if it's wearing you down and wearing you out, I believe we can pray and ask the Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to do? And I believe he'll tell you. Second question, how can I be grateful when it seems like everybody else is getting what I wish I had? Um, I didn't write that question. I promise you. I promise you I didn't. But yesterday, I had this conversation with God. It wasn't nice, and he wasn't happy with my choosing and what I was saying because I was not teetering on grumbling and complaining. I was dive-bombing off the high dive into the pool of self-pity followed by whining, griping, and complaining. And my heart and my attitude, why do you think I'm doing this podcast today? And all of that was not in harmony with point one, point two, and point three. Why do you think I just taught on this sometimes? The best teacher is yourself. Sometimes the best experience is what you're going through. Truth be told, I was having a very interesting day and it even got worse. It wasn't something that I'd been believing for, for me personally. It was something about the ministry. But what happened was somebody received something that it wasn't necessarily the exact thing I was praying for for the ministry. I am very, I'm not a technical person, but we are actually launching a healing network 24 hours a day, all healing all the time. And there's some technical equipment and there's some financial things that equipment could change the way we do things. So while we're talking about changing the way we're doing things, I had a certain piece of equipment I was believing for because ours broke down, actually, and we do need new equipment. And somebody else was talking about, I got this thing and I don't even want it. Okay, I'm laughing, but I'm laughing at myself because I had such a bad attitude and I wasn't there. I wasn't face-to-face. -face. I wasn't talking to them. But in my heart and my conversation with God, I didn't want to be in the room with myself. I was so ridiculous. I can't even imagine how God could stay in the room with me because I didn't want to be in the room listening to myself. And if I could have pushed a delete button on my entire conversation, I would have pushed the delete button all by myself. But truth be told, I'm a human. And I do have human emotions. You know, we have two ears, one for something to pass in and one for something to pass right out. But if we let those emotions take root in our heart and they form barbs, and those barbs are barbs of bitterness, then it's a lot harder to uproot them if we're just saying stuff out of our mouth, repenting, and getting over it. Now, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. I wouldn't recommend you having the attitude I had, but I'll recommend this to myself. I needed to Pay attention to what I was doing. Pay attention to what I was saying. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit gently correcting me and getting back on my acknowledging that this wasn't where I wanted to be 
and believing that even though people can be a little tricky sometimes, I'm not moved by people. I am moved by what God said. I'm moved by God's promises, and God's promises are yea and amen. And the most important thing I could do is acknowledge that I need to readjust my heart, readjust the lens of what I was saying and harboring in my heart. Out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth began to repent and ask the Holy Spirit, can I have a start over, a do-over on this? And you know what? In repenting, I got a real fast start over and do-over. And then, of course, I wrote these three these three particular points. So I pray today that you have a clear-cut understanding that things are not always tiptoe through the tulips. Things are not always going to just absolutely... Pardon me, that was a big sneeze. Things are not always going to be just exactly as you want them, but we can always go back and change the lens of our heart, keeping a grateful heart, an attitude of gratitude, put gratitude in my heart. Thank you, Lord, that you're hearing and answering my prayer. Thank you, Lord. I praise you and I worship you. And Lord, I am expecting a miracle that we can do what we need to do with the equipment we need to do it. And I don't have to listen to the devil or anybody else on planet earth. I listen to you, Father God, and you will direct my path. A-C-E, acknowledge, change, empower. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And one thing I love to close by saying, I believe, I really want to get this into your spirit today. I believe you are worth more than you think. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye for now. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. To connect with Lindsay on social media, follow her on Instagram at Lindsay Roberts Official. To get a copy of Lindsay's brand new book, Discover Your True Worth, simply search Discover Your True Worth on Amazon.com. We'll see you next week.